Hello, hello, and welcome to In My Shoes, a podcast for women of color about issues that we face every day, even when society does not realize what's going on. I am your host, Karen Davis Thompson, and this is my first episode with guests. Oh my God! We're clapping, we're clapping, we're clapping. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. So, uh, we have two guests in the studio with me today. We also have some studio audience members who may chime in with a question here or there. But today, we're going to be talking about our first episode on colorism. It will be more than one part. So today, I'm talking to two darker skin sisters, a part of my tribe, who have been here with me for this journey, Janine Grays and Maureen Green-James. Hello, ladies. Hey, there. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Wonderful. Are very you pumped? excited. Yes, we so are. So pumped. Thank you very much. So excited. I don't want to yeah. be excited on my own. <laughs> no, no, no. We got you, girl. We're excited. Okay, okay, okay. So I want the two of you to start by just introducing yourselves really quick. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Janine, you want to start? Okay. So my name is Janine. Um, well, first and foremost, I want to just congratulate you, Karen. I'm so proud of you. I remember when in my shoes and this whole concept of a podcast was just a dream and we just like you know what it'd be really cool to do that so just for it to see it come to fruition and it's actually happening I'm so excited so anyway so I may sound a little bit giddy but it's because I'm really excited happy (laughs) to be here but um anyway so my name is Janine you can call me G um but basically um I'm just I'm here as a support to you um as during the day, I am a marketing um, executive for um, a heavy equipment industrial firm, and I'm also the uh, founder of Cook, Pray, Slay, which is a food and lifestyle blog. Thank you very much. A little bit about your background. So where are you from originally? So I'm originally from Suriname, South America. Um, I was raised here in the States. My family came over, um, just our nuclear family, um, tr- you know, we just we packed up i was three years old at the time so which is why a lot of people just think that i'm american Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but um my my siblings i have three siblings um you know we moved from suriname to new york um i've been basically i was raised earlier in my earlier years in um, new york and new jersey and then um, as a teenager actually in the middle of high school we moved from New York to, or New Jersey down to Florida, which as you can, you know, everyone can imagine that was a huge uh, culture shift there. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyhow, so that's kind of a a background, been in Florida. I'm a Floridian now, I'm proud of it. (laughs) I claim it. Um, So, you know, um, like I said, so my my experience, um, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to sharing my experience from my vantage point, how colorism has, you know, affected me and my family um so yeah anyway i'm rambling thank you (laughs) maureen hey so i am so excited so gee i'm gonna take up where you left off of that i'm really excited to be part of your journey because you know we haven't even known each other that long and so i'm i'm just really happy to be part of the conversation and because i think it is such a a huge conversation that we don't have often enough and to recognize the impact that it has on us, everybody else, people in society, like you said, is tremendous. So thank you so much for just bringing this conversation to light. I'm Absolutely. happy to do it. Absolutely. So um, my name is Maureen Green James. Um, I am originally from New York, and I was actually born in Brooklyn, but my parents are from the West Indies. So my dad is from Jamaica, and my mom is from Nevis. So I'm the first of their children to actually be born in the US. Um, I have lived in Florida, however, for 20 years, but I will not claim (laughs) 
Florida. I always say I'm a New Yorker for life. Sorry. Okay, probably not by now, but I really feel like that's where I should be. Um, I am married. I've got two kids. My day job is as an HR and diversity executive with a company called Cognizant. Um, and uh, that's really a little bit about me. I'm really happy to have this conversation because as you know, and as you can see, I'm a pretty dark sister, <laughs> but I got a whole lot to talk about and how that has shaped my experience and who I am today. Okay, and what's your background culturally? So I, um, like I said, I'm from, my dad's from Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom's from Nevis. I have most of my family, um, there's still a lot of them in the West Indies, but there's also still a lot of them in New York and then very few here um, in Florida. My husband's also from Jamaica, uh, born and raised. And so when I think about what my overall background is culturally and what I'm made up of, you know, I grew up, um, I spent part of my time very early years in Brooklyn, but then most of that in um, afterwards in Long Island. And so it's a very different place. It's almost like going from New Jersey to Florida, right? Very, very different. And so I think that when you think about, you know, what shapes people's background and their culture, you can't just, you know, start from where they are today. You really got to go back and dig deep and think about um, from a, a cultural perspective, what were the thoughts and the perspectives of people from the West Indies who were your darker skinned individuals because that's really, like when I think about what my story is and my experience around all of this, I think about it from the standpoint of my West Indian heritage. Okay, thank you so much for that. So um, just a little bit about me. I have no idea culturally where we started. I have lived in the United States my entire life. Um, Never really did a lot of digging into my um, background in terms of where we started culturally. Uh, And so for me, colorism really stems from what I've seen, obviously, as being a part of uh, the United States all my life and what I have seen um, other people go through. Um, My color, I'm kind of in the middle. You know, I was one of those, they called a red bone. Remember when that was the thing? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I was kind of the red bone, that's what they called me. But to just see what sisters went through who were much lighter or much darker than me, um, it was something that I thought was an important topic. So um, let's dive right in. So when did you first, and either one of you can jump in on this, when did you first experience someone making a comment or saying something to you that maybe made you uncomfortable about the color of your skin or that you noticed that there was a different, definite difference between how someone lighter was treated versus someone darker. How, when, when was your first memory of that? So I think about, you know, it's really funny. When we started having this discussion, it really forced me to start thinking about, like, my childhood. And, um, you know, it's really interesting. I started really, and I think I've kind of shared this with you, Karen, is that for me, coming from another country and seeing how my family and, uh, you know, friends and people who are from my country, how they respond to that, to me, it, it's, it's, it goes back so many generations, you know what I mean? And there is a lot more um, factors when it comes to just the color of your skin. You've got hair, <laughs> which is another big topic, which might have to be another podcast. It is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's in the series. Yep. But it's so funny because in my nuclear family, there really wasn't a, a big focus on that. It was more so like kind of the forces around us, like family mem- other family members or fin- friends of the family, they would refer to. Because in, in my family, like I'm the, I'm the darkest out of all the siblings. Like we go from 
you know, my brother, who's the lightest one, and then my sister and my other sister and, and myself. And so, you know, two of us resemble more of my dad as far as, like, the, the our com- complexion and then two, my mom. So, so for me, I would notice, like, it would become more of, like, a way of a descriptor, right? The dark mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the dark one. And, and for me, I noticed, like, in my culture it would be, there would be a lot of emphasis on your overall look. So if you're darker skin with the, what they consider the good hair, you're kind of, you're, 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 you're separated and you're looked upon a little bit more different than, you know, someone else with maybe a, a, a tighter, you know, uh, wave pattern. So like there are other factors that come into it that I've noticed, you know, coming up through the years. Um, you know, for me, colorism, the, the first time I was really, you know, it, it just slapped me in the face was when someone just straight up told me, oh, you're pretty for a dark-skinned girl. Mm-hmm. You are pretty for a dark-skinned girl. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, it took that thing took me back. I was, <laughs> I just, I, I almost, it, it was just almost kind of like, it just, it, I felt like someone just, like, stabbed me in the heart. Like, well, what's that supposed to mean? Right. Like, you're saying it as, like, I should be really, you know, just, thankful that you said that to me like I just just take that as such a compliment but it really just it hurt me to the core um so that for me like that was my first my very first kind of like that I remember that really just it it just hurt me to my core because I'm like wow that's kind of how that that's how you see me you know what I mean so anyhow that's my first but you know it's really interesting I'd love to hear your perspective um and see if you kind of have some similarities when it comes to uh you know, colorism f- coming from like the West Indies and your family coming from, cause I tell her, I, I mean, I was telling Karen, like for me, I feel like it's worse coming from the islands or pla- because there are just so many other factors that come into it. I mean, when you look at my family, we run the gamut. There's the lightest of the lights to darkest, you know, I mean, it's just, we run the gamut. We have so many different cultures where I come from. Um, you know, we've got obviously African culture, Native American, um, Indian, um, Eastern Indian, you know, it's very rich culture. So a lot of us are really just, we're mixed with so many different <laughs> cultures and ethnicities. Um, but the colorism thing, it really just, to me, it crosses all of that. Like, it doesn't matter what I'm mixed with. I tell people all the time, it don't matter really what I'm mixed with at the end of the day, you know, I'm going to be seen as a black woman. And I remember... Um, being in my class, and there's probably about 30 or so students in the classroom, and the majority of them were white. But I didn't really pay attention to that. I don't think I really noticed it until kids started to say, look at the dark-skinned girl, or look at the darkie. Actually, the darkie was the name that I became familiar with. And, you know, I remember going home and asking my mother, like, what what does that mean? Because we lived in Brooklyn. Brooklyn, (laughs) much like it is kind of sort of still today, was filled with black Americans, but even more so with black West Indians. So that was all I knew. That's what I lived in. We lived on Prospect in Prospect Park. Like, that's what I knew. It's where I came from. So to go from there, to go to Long Island and see nothing but white, I was just like, okay. But when they started calling me a name, like there was, there was actually a name attached to me and it was not Maureen, that's when I realized, okay, something's going on here that I don't really understand, and oh, by the way, I'm six. So I can't, but I need somebody to help break this down for me. Over time, Hempstead started to change. So I recently read a book called The Warmth of Other Suns, 
I don't know if anybody's read it. Like, unfortunately, I can't remember the author's name at the moment. However, she it's about the migration of individuals from the South to the North and the experiences and stories that got them there. And that's it, she talks also about how in certain cities in the United States, um, as soon as black people started moving into the cities, white people started to move out. Well, that's what happened to Hempstead. So when we moved there, you know, it was, there were a lot of white people on, on our street, and then there were a couple of, I think, like two more black families. And when we moved in, all of a sudden, we started to notice these white families moving out. Mm -hmm. I was too young to really notice at the time it was happening, or to know, but my parents were very aware, and over time, they would talk about this. And I did not realize what exactly that was until much later on. But it spoke to the level of um, disdain, I think, that people had for just black people in the area. But it also, to me, spoke to the level of disdain that I personally began to feel for myself. And, you know, when you think about culturally in the West Indies, so, gee, like you said, in the West Indies, there are so many types of cultures and skin tones and, uh, and ethnicities. You know, there are many, many, many Chinese Jamaicans. And in my family, there are some. So in my family, there are people who are, who look like they are from China, and then there are people who look like me. It's very broad, yeah. And so if, if, if you really had to stop and think about bringing, that, bringing all of us together, everybody that was closer to the darker side were really the people in my family that people just didn't pay much attention to. And it just took, a lot of time and years and getting over, I think, that self-hate um, self and the self-talk that you do to yourself to really get beyond that. You know, and I feel like to some extent I'm still on a journey, um, but it's I'm, I'm way better than now than I was then. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. And what was, so what was it like, you, you talk about a self-hatred, self and mm -hmm. uh, you shared something with me that um, Lupita did when she uh, was at the um, Essence Black Girl Rock, and mm -hmm. she talked about having that same internal, you know, hate for herself, like, you know, wanting to lighten her skin, mm -hmm. not being able to see people who looked like her. What, what internally, what did it feel like? What, how did it make you feel? It really made me feel like I needed to be doing something different. Like I needed to fit into a society that didn't, that I didn't look like, but I was supposed to be there because that's what we were all supposed to be doing. Right. All in, in air quotes. Um, and I, I felt like I had all this work to do. Like I wasn't good enough by myself. Um, you know, interesting story. So my youngest, my younger brother, um, uh, passed away four years ago. Today's actually the fourth four year anniversary of that was born, um, way lighter, like way lighter than any of us. Mm -hmm. And I remember my mother just absolutely loving, loving, loving this little boy. And I don't think she necessarily loved him more than she did us. But I, I think there were two things. One, um, she was his fir her, she, he was her first and only boy. And secondly, he was lighter. And she was always about, you know, putting on things to lighten her skin and, you know, every lighter this and lighter that. And over time... Um, when he was a little boy, he started to get darker, which, you know, as we do after, you know, kids are bored, sometimes they, they get a little darker. That's what happens. And my mother, I mean, I'll never forget it. My mother started freaking out because 
he was getting much too dark for her liking and she started to yell at him for not taking a bath properly. And this was during the time, he's like, he's like, he's a kid, he's like six, seven years old. You know, he played outside all the time and she would blame it on not, his darkness on not taking a bath properly and the fact that he was spending too much side, too much time outdoors in the sun. And so she would put him in the bathtub and literally scrub the heck out of this kid. Long story short, he and I are probably the same complexion. And at some point she got over it. But it was traumatizing to me to see her thinking about it like that. And really, I mean, when I tell you scrubbing, I'm not kidding. And I just didn't, I didn't know how to process it at the time. You know, we have a sister, she's in between the two of us. And, you know, she was feeling it to some extent, but probably not as much as I was being the oldest and really beginning to understand what was happening here. Um, yeah, it was, it was, the West Indians don't necessarily take a look at themselves and just kind of love themselves for the broad gamut of what we run in terms of who we are, wha where we come from, and what we look like. And I will say that today, it's probably very different, but at that time, it was really important mm -hmm. that you were just lighter skinned and you had prettier hair. You know, you had the, Becky with the good hair was That's actually right. a real yeah. thing. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Okay, thank you so much for that. So let me move to, so we talked a little bit about how it makes you feel in your families. So in the community, like when the person said to you, well, you're pretty for a black girl, or when people outside of your family, especially other black folk, start making reference to your skin color, how did, how did you react to that? What, what types of things would they say to you? Either one of you jump right <laughs> in. <laughs> <sighs> oh, go for yeah, it, I, go I, for I it. will, but it's, it's just, you know, it just, you're kind of It's hard me to back. process everything yes. because, there, you know, you, you, you start thinking about, oh, wow, I really think that was an instance mm -hmm. where, you know, or that was, right. that, did that really happen? Um, you know, just, like I said, for me, um, you know, I kind of, I, I try to reflect now on, on some of those instances where, you know, like the, the whole, you know, you're pretty for a dark-skinned girl, or, um, well, I remember in uh, when I first, you know, came down to Florida, as a matter of fact, and um, at that time, and we're all kind of around the same age, but, mm -hmm. and right. it still is somewhat now in high schools where it's very segregated, and you all, I mean, typically, we all gravitate to similarities, right? So, mm -hmm. but I kind of felt like in that very moment when I came over, not only did I come from up north where it's just a completely different vibe altogether, um, but a lot faster, I would imagine. A lot oh, faster, yeah. 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 you know, mm -hmm. everything is right. just completely different, just complete culture shock. But mm -hmm. I come down here and, you know, like everybody's still wearing a curl. Everybody got your curl for real. Girl. <laughs> but I digress. Wow. Anyhow. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm You're like, not what wrong. Is this? <laughs> Um, this is interesting, but so I come down and so I'm used to, and my, my, um, neighborhood in up North was very much culturally diverse. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had Jamaicans on one side. I had an Italian family across the street. I had on uh, the other side of me, Puerto Rican, that right, that right now was very, very different. Like, 
you don't really see that very often. Right. You know, so when I came down here, it was very, very, very segregated. And not only did all the light-skinned black kids hang out, like, I mean, it, it was just all the dark, darker-skinned people hung out together, all the light-skinned, and then you had all the whites and the Puerto Ricans, and it's just like, oh, wow. Like, so what was that it, like? Like, in your mind, if ooh. you wanted to go and talk to somebody who was lighter-skinned and, 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 and start a conversation, what, what was that like? Was it like, why are you over here with us? Or, I, I noticed that okay. like, with a few people, you mm -hmm. know, it's very individualized. Um, but it's so funny because for me, it was more so of like in a social environment, you know, like, right. you know, who, who you sit next to at lunch or who decides that they, you know, like we would have like the little Valentine's stuff or whatever. And all the little light skinned girls are mm -hmm. clicking up together and they doing their little stuff. And I'm like, oh for real like is that what we're doing like <laughs> what do we you know like so I really didn't experience that too much up north um but I found that to be very prevalent you know in the south in, in the Here, south yeah. so yeah and what about you so when you saw it outside of your own family unit mm -hmm. and especially I mean obviously racism when you're black and you deal with racism on a regular basis from outside of the black community I mean we all know what that's like but when you experience that colorism that you stay over there because you're darker. What did you experience that, and what was that like? Yeah, I did, and it was, and it was for me. It was in high school. I mean, it was around that time where people were trying to think, you know, finally find themselves before they decide to go off to college or wherever they're, whatever they're doing next. Um, and it was a little. I remember the very first time, and I think this goes back to a little bit of the self hatred. I remember thinking all my life that I wanted to marry somebody who was light-skinned because I wanted to have children that were light-skinned. And at, at no point in time was I even remotely interested in anybody dark. Mm. So I remember the first time I actually, um, I was in 11th grade, and I asked, I happened to ask this guy out. And he was, you know, what they like to call as high yellow. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I thought he was the most beautiful thing on the planet. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God, most beautiful thing on the planet. And I just had to go out with him. And I remember we were standing by our lockers mm -hmm. and I walked up to him and I was, and I, you know, I knew him, but didn't really know him. And I was like, hey, do you wanna go to the movies? And he looked at me and laughed and said, I don't do dark skinned girls. Oh, wow. Oh. And I, so it was hard enough for me to get up the nerve to actually ask, go and right. ask, right? Mm -hmm. Knowing that my parents weren't gonna let me go anyway, but I asked. <laughs> but then to have him say that to me and say it like, you know, these were things that he said before, just rolled, it, it wasn't, like, it didn't even occur to him that that could be hurtful. He just like said it and then he kind of chuckled <laughs> and then he walked away. Wow. So. Long story, we dated for a year and a half. But what? Yeah, wait, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just, yeah. You just I know. skirted wait, past I that know. part? Yeah, well, you know, girl, that's another topic. Okay. That's another okay. podcast. All right. But yes, we dated for a year and a half, but it was him coming back to me right shortly after that and saying, hey, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean that. Do you want to go out? And then the me today would have been like, oh, hell no. Because <laughs> did you hear what you said to me? Right, right. But the me then was like, of course. So let's do this. You you know what I mean? Right, right. right. And so 
there were a lot of experiences that stemmed around that initial introduction and asking him out because all of his friends were just like, you're dating her? And they would say these things in front of me mm -hmm. and so make me feel like less and less and less every single time. And how did he respond? And did he ever yeah, he, stick up for he you? He did all say, the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, he did all the time. and But I know it doesn't lessen the hurt. It doesn't. It, it, it made me feel good that he did, but it didn't change the way I knew that they all thought about me, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so I think that was really, that's the first time that was so blatant. Mm. Um, and it took me, it, it took me a really long time to feel like, okay, I really do like this boy, but I'm probably not going to be spending, oh, come on, you're 17. I'm not going to be spending the rest of my life with him because right. I don't think he really likes this. this. And mm -hmm. I knew that his mother did not like this. Uh. She was not cool with this complexion at all. Um, so yeah, that was it. There were lots of, there's a, lot, there's a domino effect that happens after something like that, right? Right. Absolutely. Do you think before I, I do want to talk a little bit about how it's impacted the way you raise uh, mm -hmm. your children, but uh, do you think that it's different for a black man who's darker versus a darker skinned female? Do you think there's a difference in how they're treated or how it works? Ooh. And I know I, I'm just curious. Do you think there's a difference? Hmm. That's a good question. There might be to a certain degree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, wow. I. I think that on a whole, black men are not treated well mm -hmm. um, for all kinds of reasons, right? But um, I've never really thought about if they're darker, if there is, if it's, if it's better or worse. I, I, really, I really don't, I don't know. That's a really good question. Know. It would be great to hear it from. I know. Yes. It? I know this yes. is for women, but I'm just saying from yeah. a guy's perspective. Yeah, absolutely. We, it's okay to invite a guy every now and then. Yeah, so, but it, they're it okay. Would be we'll, interesting. They're okay. okay. It'd be interesting <laughs> just to see if they had some of the same experiences, mm -hmm. or right. was it a little easier for them, or what have you? And again, yeah. it's in my shoes, so obviously, right. everybody, it, it's different. You know, That's what right. you think is going on, right? may not be the way it is that's just what you assume just looking at it from your and opinion. i mean yeah. it, when you throw in just e being a woman in general and all of everything that we are carrying with right. us i mean it's just it's i'm not saying it's any more any less but it kind of is a little more mm -hmm. <laughs> only because of you know hey we're we're not only female but we're black right, right. you know yes. right. and i mean th it's just a whole different perspective and and you know not not saying that they're struggle isn't you know mm -hmm. the same but um you know there are just different intricacies and, and nuances that come with being a black female and then you top that off with being a dark-skinned black female and i'm not saying that against my lighter-skinned sisters because they have their own struggles as well mm -hmm. so you know um at the end of the day you know i think about you know before i came in here i was talking to my husband and you know it really made me start reflecting on some of the things that I've heard my family say right. or and just not in having any kind of ill intentions right. or mm -hmm. you know they mean no harm but certain things where I think back now it's just like oh 
yeah, you know what? They really did refer to me as the dark one mm-hmm. or, you know, or like, um, you know, I remember in high school when I, I've always had very long hair growing mm-hmm. up as a little girl. Right. And um, hair, like I said, is another topic, but that was also like a, a, a point of like pride mm-hmm. and just, you know, that's your hair. And not only that, when you have a certain grade of hair. So I remember when I was contemplating cutting it all off and I eventually did at like 16 or 17, I think I was 17. Um, and I chopped it all off and my mother was crushed. When I tell you crushed, right. like you would have thought like it doesn't I went grow out, back. Like it doesn't grow back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and right. I think about some of the things like they would identify you know, like mm-hmm. blacks and black Americans. And, you know, when we come o- we, when we came over here, we weren't black Americans. We were Surinamese. And I'm like, mm, I'm black. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I right. mean, you know, or, um, you know, like how, how you carry yourself. Well, th- you know, that's, that's more of like a black American thing. We don't really, you know, do that or we don't really say stuff like that. And y'all, I love my parents and they're wonderful people. My family are great people, but that I'm just mm-hmm. giving a, a perspective oh, of, you, yeah. you know, so like I think about all of that and I think about in kind of pivoting to how we raise our kids, you know, I really kind of think twice about before I say certain things or open up my mouth because that stuff does rub off on you, mm-hmm. whether you know, you like it or not. Like I think about some things I say and I'm like, oh my God, I sound like my mom, you know, like, you know, my daughter wants to chop all her beautiful, gorgeous, you know, curls off. And I'm like, why would you want to do that? And I'm like, oh my God, I sound like my mom, you know, like you're not your hair. That doesn't define you as a person, you know, the same thing with your skin color. It doesn't define Mm -hmm. you as a person. So, you know, when I think about my experiences, I want to share it with my girls and not necessarily saying, well, this is how you should feel or this is how, but this is my experience and this is how I dealt with it type Mm -hmm. thing. So, and how about you, Maureen? How does it, how did it impact the way you raised your daughter Um, and your son as well? Yeah, I think so. They are Christian. My son is, is dark skinned and Kayla is a little lighter. Um, And She's actually a lot lighter than Christian is. And it was really important to me when they were younger to let them know that there was no difference between the two of them. And they weren't going to be treated any differently. Certainly not in our, you know, in our family of four. Um, They were not going to be treated any any differently. One wasn't going to get more than the other. That's just not how this works Mm -hmm. here. If one of you does something wrong, if you both do something wrong, you're both getting beat down with spankings. (laughs) Like, there's no favoritism here. Um, But I, for Christian, and so this goes back to your other question about being a, a black male. So, you know, Christian is a young black male, right? He's 20. Um, and I was, well, I remember when he first started driving, I was really, really worried. Not just because, you know, driving while black is a thing, mm-hmm. but Christian is driving while black, black. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and, and yeah. so to right. answer your question, it, it really made, after you asked the question, I thought about it and I answered and I said, wait a minute, no, because Christian, I've had to give him different messages. My husband's had to give him different messages. And I don't know if that's something inherently that we, my husband and I, believe because we just think because he's so drunk, there's a, there's a, a higher propensity for him mm-hmm. to have issues with law enforcement. Okay. But I do believe that. 
And so I think that there are things that we've had to say to him that were probably different when he started to drive versus Kayla. But at the end of the day, they both black. They both need the same message because clearly, clearly, there's no discrimination That's between right. a male and a female when you're black. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Or light or dark. Or, or light or dark. <laughs> there's just there's just not, you know. Um, yeah. And Christian to this day and Kayla, they're both, you know, very proud of who they are and who they've become and what like, they look like. And it's, there's not a discussion <laughs> ever about you know about it yeah we're gonna wrap up in just a second but final thoughts so tell me how old do you think you were when you really got to a place where you didn't allow because obviously even as adults I'm sure people still make some of those comments that are extremely insensitive so when did when did you feel like you got to a place where you knew who you were you were comfortable in your skin comfortable with your skin color what age do you think you really were able to get to that place? Or or, or is it something that you still grapple with? Which is, that's okay too. No, I'm good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm good. I was a sophomore in college. I'll never forget it. And uh, I was, uh, it was the first time that I ever looked at anybody dark and thought that they were actually beautiful. And I was standing in the cafeteria, probably more information than you might know, standing in the cafeteria <laughs> at school, and there was a guy standing online at someplace else in the cafeteria, and I looked at him, and I thought, God, this guy is gorgeous. He's extremely dark. I mean, like, literally as dark as your sweatshirt, and to make it worse or better, he had a birthmark on his face, mm-hmm. and that was almost, it, he was so dark that that was, like, green, and I thought he was beautiful. And um, we dated until I graduated. And he, you know, was, he was somebody very important in my life, but I, the reason I mentioned him is because it was the first time that I would allow myself to even think about being with somebody that dark because mm-hmm. I knew I was gonna marry somebody light mm-hmm. because I wanted to have light-skinned children. And it was at that point in time, it was college when I really started to just get over this and really started to see other individuals in in the at the university that looked like me and were not necessarily comfortable either but we kind of got there together mm-hmm. yeah and so yeah girl i'm good now please <laughs> yes. I, ever since then i'm like <laughs> i got this so how about you g how old were you do you think when you finally were able to say whatever so Right. So I don't know how this is going to come out. I feel like I've always been good with myself. Right. I think I grappled more with what other people thought. Like I always loved my skin tone. I always, you know, I, I never had an issue with me hating myself per se or how I looked. It was more so of gaining the acceptance of other people and for me I think that kind of hit gosh maybe late 20s early 30s when I started having kids of my own and just realizing that you know what forget all this I'm, I'm gonna keep it clean I ain't gonna cuss on on air or nothing but I, you know I just I, I just I pretty much I just let it go you know just let go because you're going to have the people out there who are just stuck in that's what they think Mm -hmm. and you know what that's okay 
you know? Um, so I think for the most part, like I said, I kind of, I, I feel like I've been okay with what I look like. It's more so gaining the, the um, acceptance and, and wanting to let people know, like, there's nothing wrong with me, okay? Right. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being a dark-skinned sister. There's nothing wrong with being light. It, there's nothing, I mean, we're all different, you know, but I feel like, um, yeah, yeah, maybe when I start having kids of my own, I just start letting it go. Like, I don't care what anyone thinks, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but one thing I did forget to mention earlier was that, um, I don't know, I'm sure you've heard this too, but um, the whole thing with going to the beach, right? Mm -hmm. oh. And the sun, <laughs> and the sun exposure, <laughs> okay? Because I think one of my kids said it like, oh, I don't want to be out in the sun too much. I don't want to get too dark. Wait, mm -hmm. excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> but that I've heard that coming up oh, so okay. mm -hmm. much like just uh you know do you really need to be out in that sun do you really need to getting darker or you know or I would hear it from like a, really people will say that what oh girl yes, yes. like nothing I yes. mean nothing. even today even today oh, absolutely if I decide to just like do nothing for the day and just chill on the lanai if my mother-in-law happens to come around and I love her to death she'll be like do you really need more sun? Uh, I like it. So I'm just going to sit yep. right here. Like, yep. it's just, it's just yep. really interesting. Yes. I would hear <laughs> that all the time growing up, you know? Yeah. And it's just kind of like, or if they would see, you know, like a, a really, really dark skinned person or whatever, they would say, so, like in my country, there are certain, it's not derogatory, but it's a certain name where you would call like a, a really super, super dark skinned person or whatever. And, um, and so, like, they would refer to them as that. And I'm like, oh, do you call me that? You know what I mean? It's right. just stuff uh -huh. like that. Or, but the whole thing with my mom, you know, or it's just people in my family, sisters or whatever, like, oh, I don't know. I don't need any more sun. I'm already, well, I'm darker than you, so what are you saying? Mm -hmm. Right, right. You know, okay. is that, that, that's negative. Yeah. You know, so, um, sorry, I kind of digressed a little bit. but no, that's I, okay. It popped into my head because that, that's probably one of the most, you know, frequently used uh, terms or points of conversation that come up is just like, do you really need a, you, you need more sun yeah. or whatever? I, I, I love to joke with people and, and then I'll say, you don't go into the beach, I need to work on my tan. Like, I love to I do lo that. Yeah. I love it. I, and I mean, I do it like regularly because I know it just sends people. Like, don't think you need that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ladies, thank you so much. I really appreciate you for being my first studio guests. You guys Ooh. were amazing. I'm very Ooh. excited. We did it. We did it. <laughs> if you want to tune in to more of In My Shoes, we'd love to have you. If you have any questions for us or any suggestions for topics, you can hit me up at kdt at inmyshoestoday.com. Again, that's kdt at inmyshoestoday.com. Thank you again so much for being with us, and we hope that you will join us for part two of Colorism, where we'll give a lighter skin sister an opportunity to give her perspective, and she also can talk a little bit about raising children who are darker and lighter as well, and how that impacted their lives, and so we hope you'll tune in for that. Until then, be blessed.